Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey, good morning. How's it going, everyone? Man, thanks so much, Pastor Parker, for the awesome introduction. It's such a joy to be here. Feel free to take a seat. It is hot, so do whatever you need to avoid that, and I will, I'll take the brunt of it here. Uh, man, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you guys today, and we're going to be diving into James chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. We're going to be talking about what it means to move from surviving to thriving in the challenges that we face in our life. So last weekend, I got to go up to the men's retreat with uh, the men of Pinewood, the workmen, to Toth Ranch outside of Hot Sulphur Springs. Absolutely awesome trip, all focused on vulnerability and identity and what that means. And so today you're getting a little bit more of a raw and exposed Keegan than normal, which I think is only going to lead to good things. And um, yeah, as Parker said, this is my wife up here who's just singing. She's fantastic and I love her a lot. Uh, We've been together for a little over four years now, married for two as of Thursday. Yeah, happy anniversary, babe, wherever you're at. And um, but yeah, I, I, I was blessed um, to know that Carson loved me really early on. When we were six weeks into our relationship, there's a story that I like to tell that really shows that she, she was in it for the long haul. Because six weeks into our relationship, we traveled out to Canyonlands National Park. Who's been there before? Beautiful place. Moab, Utah. Absolutely love it. And uh, in Canyonlands, we were out there doing a hike and camping that we had planned to do. And it was supposed to be about nine miles. We were supposed to wrap up about noon. So we started super early. As you can tell by my verb choice, this didn't exactly go as planned. And we ended up uh, on our way back taking this loop of the trail that landed us in this, in this valley of a canyon in the desert. We were walking through this dried up riverbed that was in tight like S snake formation back and forth. And we, we knew we'd be in there for a while. We were expecting to hit an intersection trail that would take us back to the parking lot. And so we were there in the first hour. We were having fun, listening to music, chatting, having a good time. We got one mile in two miles in, three, four miles in all of a sudden. It's been two hours of us on this same thing, back and forth on this trail. It's getting hotter and hotter. It's hitting about noon. We're, we're at about 100 degrees at this point. And we start running out of water. And we start realizing that we either missed the trail that we were supposed to intersect with, and we're now at some point on the map that we, did not, we, we didn't know, or we hadn't passed the trail yet, and would either have to decide to turn around and do the whole thing again, or keep going, hoping to either hit that trail, or we realized on the map there was another trail some ambiguous distance further that would intersect. And so we decided to keep going forward. Still nothing. Still finding not a single thing about a trail or anything. We hadn't seen another human being in hours. And I decided, uh, looking at this you know, six-week-old relationship with this girl, and her thirsty and exhausted, and I decided, I'm like, hey, stay under the shade right here. There's one tree. I'm going to go forward and look for the trail. Some of you might know this is probably not the best idea most of the time, but I was preparing in my head to stay the night in the desert, making friends with the lizards and all, and I, I didn't want to do that. And so I said, I'm going to go forward for 15 minutes, look for the trail, and then I'll come back, and hopefully all will be good. I, didn't, I did not have a backup plan for if there was nothing. And so I decided to go forward onto the trail. 15 minutes, nothing. I know I'm past the time I should be back. I go further and further, still nothing. Finally, at one point, I'm like, all right, you know what? This is infuriating. I'm holding this map with me. I actually have the same map still. I'm holding this map with me, trying to understand where the river is, and I decide to rip it. There's a whole bottom part here that's ripped in half from, from that time. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm furious. 
I finally decide I'm going to hike up a little bit to this rock that's perched up there and look from there to see if I can find the trail. You know, get some elevation. I'm feeling really tactical about it. So I hike up. I get up to the rock. I get right on the edge, and I'm looking down the way I'm facing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was so angry. I shouted out to God, said words I will not repeat right now, and I was so frustrated. I threw the map on the ground, and I was, I was done. I was defeated. I had no idea what we were going to do. I had to go back and tell her that I found nothing. So defeated, I'm facing this way, down the way I was directed. And I turn around, all hope lost, and I look up and headed right this way, up the mountainside is the trail. I fall on my knees. Thank you, God. Thank you. Start crying my eyes out. I, I start moving back to Carson, knowing that I'm like 45 minutes past what I told her I'd be gone. She's back there worried sick that I broke a leg or something. And I, I run back as fast as I can in whatever 103 degree weather and turn a corner and she's coming the other way and we embrace and I hug her and I tell her, I found it, I found the trail. So we get back to the trail that we're heading up on and in the distance walking towards us, we see another person, which this is not like a designated trail. Like we just got stuck in this riverbed. And so I'm surprised, I'm thankful I haven't seen another person in hours. And as they get closer, we realize that it's a national park ranger best possible solution. She walks up to us, super casual. Hey, how you guys doing? You having a good day? We play it really cool, you know. Yeah, we're doing great, you know. We just got lost a little bit back there, but, you know, we found the trail. Everything's fine. Um, she actually tells us that it's pretty, pretty common that people miss that intersection and keep going. In the back of my head, I'm just good, happy to see here. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, why have you not marked that trail better then? Come on. <laughs> and then... Um, she actually reaches into her backpacking bag and pulls out this big sack of water, like a water, and then fills both of our water bottles. We're already so excited, and then she reaches deeper into her bag, and I start to hear like this choral music sing as she pulls out this frozen solid water bottle. It had like she had just started, I don't even know, but frozen solid water bottle and hands it to us and says, Hey, this is for you. We're emotional at this point, <laughs> holding something so cold when it's 103 degrees outside. Uh, I didn't get a chance to catch her name tag, but I'm pretty sure it said Angel, because, man, what a godsend. Um, and so we, we made it back to the car. As you can tell, we made it here, and I, I confirmed with Carson that she wanted to keep dating after all this, and we said, if we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. So we're here today. But, man, how often do we start things like that with excitement and joy and anticipation for what we're going into? And then the moment we get off the trail and we get lost, we get nervous and anxious and, and fearful for what we're going into. Man, I mean, we, we've all been there. Like, how many of you feel lost right now in some way? I know I'm with you there, and I know you're not alone in that. One of my all-time favorite passages, one that I keep coming back to over and over again, is James 1, verses 2 through 6. That's what we're going to touch on today, but it talks with us about how we can approach the trials that we face in our lives. It says this, Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I'm going to pray us in. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this breeze that otherwise would make it really hot up here. 
Lord, we're thankful for all that you're doing in our lives. And we ask uh, today, right now, that you can speak through me as a vessel for what you have to say and that the ears to receive it are open and the hearts are ready for what you're, what you're doing, Lord. We know that you're always active and we ask today more than ever that we can be anticipating and ready for what you have to say. We love you, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. So James is an awesome book in the New Testament. It's actually written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. So the second son of Mary and Joseph. And let's just take a minute to realize how crazy it would be to have Jesus as your brother. That would be quite the, quite the standard to live up to. And it's actually really interesting because James didn't even believe in Jesus, his brother, as the Messiah until after Jesus died, was resurrected and came back to James. And, and then James came to faith. And from there, he went on to have an incredible career as the, one of the top leaders in the church in, in Jerusalem. And he wrote this letter specifically to believers all across the world. And specifically, was focusing on this idea of how do we live out what we profess to believe? Because at that time, they were struggling with that. And, and man, that's pretty familiar to what we face now, living out what we profess to believe. And this verse is no different. This is a hard verse to live out. But today, I want to talk with you guys about some specific ways that we can move our story from surviving to thriving. And that's the title for today's message, Surviving to Thriving. Because you guys, God wants to turn your suffering into glory. And all we have to do is invite him into it. That's all we have to do. So before I dive in, I wanted to touch on something. Uh, man, this season of quarantine has been really hard. Who's with me on, it has been super challenging the last six months. So many different things. Being stuck at home has been so challenging. And when I'm working from home, like a lot of you are, I struggle to get out of bed more than ever before. Because all I have to do is roll out on bed, open my computer, and that's it. It's hard. Now more than ever, I find that myself and I know others are getting stuck spending hours watching TV or playing video games or scrolling on the internet. Or perhaps you are so frustrated with being alone at home, you're desperate to talk to people. And you're feeling loneliness like you've never felt before. Or maybe you go outside and you realize it's been hours since you've gone outside. It's been way too long since you even felt the sun. And I know right now there's even more challenging things going on. More than ever, the temptations of the internet are real with jealousy and lust and pornography more rampant than before. I know a lot of people are struggling with depression and anxiety. For me and I know a lot of others, there's a lot of anger right now about the news and the divisive nature of our country. These things are frustrating and they're really challenging. And you guys, this is normal. You're not alone in these things. I know for a fact there's many other people, including myself, that are sharing in these trials. And it's okay to feel this way because it's really hard right now. But when it gets hard like this, what are we supposed to do? Before I dive in, I want to ask you guys to do two things. First, think about something in your life that is a trial right now, something you're struggling in. Take a minute and bring that top of mind. Maybe it's one of the things I just listed. Maybe it's a struggle with work or your family or your personal life or with your kids. All these different things. Think about what is hard for you right now. And then second, if you're not a note taker or if you are, I'd love for you to write down our title, Surviving and Thriving. And then these four words, consider, let, know, and ask. This is the way that we move through trial. So let's dive in. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. When we face trials or temptations or tribulations or provoking 
All these things, we're supposed to consider it joy. Count it as joy. Most of the hardest trials that we face in life come from simply being human. Sickness, death, loss, accidents, disappointment, anxiety, all these things come simply from being human in the life that we face. So how can we respond with joy? Now, it's easy when we read this verse to think, oh, I need to be happy about it. But James doesn't say we need to be happy. He says we need to have joy. And I want to talk about the difference between those two. Happiness is an emotion. It's what we feel when we see a puppy, when we hear a baby laugh, when we're given a compliment. All these things make us happy. Joy is different. It's not an emotion. It's not a response. It's a state of being. It's a behavior. It's a constant hope and reliance and trust in what God's going to do. You guys... Whatever emotions you're feeling with your trial right now are not in opposition to joy. Whatever emotions you're feeling are not in opposition to joy. And I want you to know, a lot of you out there need to know that it is okay for you to feel the emotions that you're feeling. Whatever anger, grief, sadness, depression, anxiety, all these things are okay for you to feel because they're emotions in response, but we can also feel joy. In mountain biking or when you're hiking and you come along the trail and there's an obstacle, a rock or a stump, it's often advised to not focus on that obstacle, but instead focus on the path around it. If we look at that rock, it's more likely that your bike tire is going to hit it and knock you over versus if you look at the path around, you're more easily going to navigate that way. You guys, outlook determines outcome. Our outlook determines our action and our direction and where we're headed. So if we can change our outlook to joy, then we can also end with joy. So how are you responding to your most recent trial? Reflect on that for a second. What emotions are coming up? Are you choosing joy? What happens if you change the outlook to joy? What could that outcome be? And so when we think of that outcome of joy, what do we... Oh, our response is. And so that's the next point. No. Verse three says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It also says patience or endurance in some translations. James chooses this phrase pretty interesting in a pretty interesting way. And he says, we should consider it joy because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, endurance, patience. You guys, God built us and built our faith to respond with perseverance and patience when trial comes. We're crafted that way. Like, this is true. And it's really hard for me to remember this sometimes, but each and every one of you should know that just by being here, you've shown that you can persevere, that you have that patience just by showing up today because you're either facing a trial now or have before, and you have persevered through that. You have gotten through that. And I want you guys to feel encouraged by your ability to respond with perseverance because it happens every time because we're built that way. But the question is, is how do we avoid passive acceptance of trial and instead choose courageous perseverance? So think of what you're currently facing. Are you passively accepting it? Or are you courageously persevering through it? What's the difference? Well, when Carson and I got lost in the desert, I could have passively accepted it and say, you know what? Let's just stop. Let's just finish here. 
I'll just sit down. We can spend the night in the desert. You know what? Tomorrow we could probably start building a house over there. It's a nice spot. Make friends with the neighborhood lizards. Really make the most of it. This could be a great place to live, start a family eventually. All these things. That would have been passive acceptance, just accepting the fate. Instead, we say, let's have courageous perseverance. Let's find a way out. Let's keep working through it. Let's find the trail and let's get out of here. That's what we need to choose is, is courageous perseverance. So do you know that you have the ability to persevere through these trials? Each and every one of you have that ability. And thank goodness we do because we're not going to learn how to persevere any other way than through practice. We will face trials, but each time we learn and we grow. And this is exactly what the next verse says. Next verse says, let, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we let perseverance work, we are built up. We are improved. We are made more mature and more complete. But the important thing here is the word let. It means that we have to allow God to work. We have to make room for that. Because you guys, God wants a finished work. He wants us to achieve spiritual maturity. And he wants to build us up to respond with joy. So we have to surrender our will for what God is going to do. Because he's going to do something whether you like it or not. But if we surrender our will, then that trial becomes a whole different story. Just like the strongest tools in metalworking are built, they're, ma they're made by being broken down and hammered and crafted and, and molded in order for them to be stronger. God does the exact same thing in us. Guys, it's just like the great Kelly Clarkson says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's the same thing. Because do you guys know that God doesn't need your help? He didn't save us to use us. He saved us to satisfy us. He didn't save us to use us. He saved us to satisfy us. I like this a lot, and it, it's a little wordy, but follow me here. What he does is he takes what he does for us in blessing to do what he does in us through trial so he can do what he does through us. He has to work so that he can work through us. Warren Wearsby, absolute genius, says this. He said, God does not help us by removing the test, but by making the test work for us. Satan wants to use the test to tear us down, but God uses them to build us up. So then we have to choose. Will we either allow God to work in the perseverance that is in us to do its work, or will we let trial tear us down? What are you doing in your current trial? Do you understand what he's doing in your current trial? And fortunately, the verse goes on because we don't have to just mindlessly wonder what he's doing. We can ask. Fourth point is to ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. God will give us wisdom to overcome. All we need to do is ask for it. God, please give me wisdom right now. That's it. Because our greatest need, our greatest connection from God comes for our need for him. We need salvation. We need love and we need wisdom, especially in trial. And God will provide each and every one of those things. He will. It says he'll do it generously to everyone who asks. And it's great. In James uh, chapter 3, verse 17, James talks about wisdom. He says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, 
considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The wisdom helps us to not waste the opportunity of trial. Wisdom allows us to understand what we should learn, what we should take away from the trial. So we just got to ask for it. How many of you guys have heard of a movie called The Lion King? Yeah? Cool. Hopefully you all have, but it catch you up on the last 24 years in case you missed it. Um, the main character, Simba, his father dies tragically in an accident. Yeah, you're right. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Um, it's 24 years now. You got to be ready. Uh, Simba's father dies tragically in an accident, and he runs away and grieves for months or years. He's devastated. And at, at one point, he's given a chance to go back to confront his pride, to face his past, and he's afraid. And this crazy, wild, wise monkey named Rafiki is talking with him, and Simba's saying, I, I'm afraid to face my past. I love this. Rafiki takes his staff, and he whacks Simba on the head. Simba yelps in response and says, Ow, why did you do that? To which Rafiki responds and says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. Such a savage. And, uh, but Simba says, but it still hurts. It's in the past, but it still hurts. And what Rafiki says, he brings a word. He says this and it's awesome. He says, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Rafiki takes the staff and takes another whack at Simba's head and Simba ducks away. And then Rafiki says, ah, see, now what are you going to do? Now, what are you going to do? This last weekend at the men's retreat, a guy named Adam spoke and he gave us this awesome word. He told us that in every death comes a resurrection. Always, in every death. So then all we need to do is give him a dead body. We have to surrender absolutely to what he's going to do. And he will provide a resurrection in every trial we face. He will give us the wisdom. We will learn from it and grow from it. So to end, what, what's in it for us? James touches on this in verse 12. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. That person, uh, sorry, the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Just like Jesus first faced the cross and then was given glory in a crown, we must also go from suffering to glory. Because when we persevere, persevere from our trials, we receive a crown of life. And that word crown of life in the original Greek is the same word used for a wreath of crowns that was given to athletes for their victory and achievement. So just like an athlete who fails and hurts and trains and then gets stronger and competes and endures and wins, we must do the same in our trial. So just as an athlete is celebrated and crowned for their victory, so are we as we face our trials. Just in this passage alone, we are promised completeness and maturity in the idea of not lacking anything, not for our own perfection, but for our complete protection of what God is doing and providing to us. This is what sits on the other side of the trials that we face. Just a few months ago, I faced one of the hardest trials I've ever faced in my life. My wife and I got pregnant with our first child, and two months after that, we had a miscarriage. It was devastating, it was heartbreaking, and it was really hard to have and hold on to joy in the midst of that. But I'm learning and working through this. 
I want to take a minute to acknowledge that it's likely that there's many of you out there that have faced the same thing. I'm sorry, it's a tragic and painful loss. But what I do know is that I'm blessed because of the perseverance and patience that God is using to build up in me a greater treasure of holding that child one day, a belief and acknowledgement of the joy that that will provide now and then. Because what God is doing now, he continues to do until we have victory. Because through faith in Christ, we will see victory. I'll go one step further to say that, wait, I messed that up. (laughs) Through faith in Christ, we can see victory. And I'll go one step further to say we will see victory. Every time we will see victory. And why shouldn't we? Because we have the greatest and most powerful God on our side. That our trials and temptations will not have victory over our God and will not have victory over us. So right now I wanna challenge you in a few ways. During this next song, take a minute to reflect on that current trial that you're thinking about. Consider the ways that you're responding, the emotions that you feel. It's okay for you to feel that way, but also take a moment to acknowledge that that is not in opposition to joy. Second, you will respond with what you practice. You guys, you can practice this in every little trial. Nothing is too small for God to work in. So if we practice this in every little frustration at work, in traffic with our kids, then we know that when big things come, we'll respond with what we practice. And lastly, ask for help. You do not need to do this alone. Ask God, as we said, but ask your community. Talk to me, talk to Parker, talk to anyone here. We have crews that we want you to come to that you can get plugged in with and to to share in your trial. You do not need to do this alone. Thank God we don't have to do this alone. So I challenge you to move from surviving to thriving. Next time, how will you respond? Will you consider it joy? Will you know that you have perseverance? Will you let that perseverance work? And will you ask God for the wisdom that you need? And in the end, you will be blessed for your endurance. Right now, we can make a choice to humble ourselves for the work that God is going to do. So we have a chance to change the narrative from surviving what comes at us, just getting by, to thriving because of the work that God is doing. You guys, let's shift that that outlook. We can't miss this opportunity. I'm gonna pray. Father God, we thank you for the way that you have built us to respond with perseverance, that you have built us in a way that we can handle anything that comes our way because of what you will do. So Lord, help us to understand the way you work in trial. Help us to understand how we can come out of it stronger and greater, and help us to know that we do not have to do this alone. Not only do we have you on our side, we have a whole community. We thank you, Lord, for that blessing. And we ask that we can continually remember to practice this in every way and to know that we can consider it joy. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.